Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Today, I just, I just all week and really for even even before Christy came last week. How many of you appreciated Christy's message last week? So great! If she's watching, thank you for bringing that. You got the golf clap this morning. Um, but if you didn't watch that, go back and watch it uh, because it, it she she gave a personal testimony of what it looks like to stand on the word until you see the manifestation. And sometimes, you know, there were, there were years in part. And when you start talking about these kinds of ideas, you know, the real, I, I love, the, I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally growing up in some ways because I'm learning to appreciate all aspects of the body of Christ. I'm learning to appreciate the strength of the denominationalists, the, the strength of the... Uh, <laughs> If I use terms, it, feel, it sounds like I'm, I'm devaluing, and I'm, real, I'm really not trying to. I just know that there are some word police out there, and praise God for them. I mean, I really do. Honestly, when the word police come after me, you know what it does? It makes me dig in the word more to make sure I know scripturally what I'm actually saying, right? Like it's a refinement to say, well, they're, they're just text only. I don't want to do that. I want, to be, I want, to, I want us all to value. I, I personally want to experience the full appreciation of the body of Christ. So, you know, give, just kind of give me a little bit of liberty today. I'm going to free flow a little bit more than I normally would. I don't have it all mapped out like some of my messages, but I do, I do want to end with this idea that we encounter God in the Word, that His Word not just be about doctrine, his word not just be about understanding what you're supposed to know about him biblically, but in searching out the, the word, like Jesus, you know, told, he rebuked the Pharisees. He said, look, you guys are searching the scriptures, but they point to me and you're missing the point because I'm right here. So we can stand on the word to the degree that it actually changes our lives and our life begins to look like what God would want it to look like. So when you, when you talk about some of these kinds of subjects from, the, from a charismatic or a non-denominational, spirit-led kind of perspective, the word-only people like to come at you with, well, that's just name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, word of faith, prosperity message. And the attack of prosperity message is God wants you healthy and wealthy. And, and I'm not trying to advocate, I'm not, trust me, I'm not going to try to get you to sow a $1,000 seed and then promise that God's going to bless you because you sowed that seed. That is a bunch of garbage. You are blessed in Christ. All His promises are yes and amen in this moment. Generosity does teach your heart to be open to Him. But, you know, I, may the body of Christ begin to appreciate, and I, and I get it, there is flat-out error, but we don't need to throw people away. <laughs> So, so where I'm going today is, has a lot to do with what Lisa experienced, and that is letting the Word be more in you than just knowledge. Mm -hmm. Letting the Word be more in you 
than, than just understanding the details and doctrines of what Jesus did. Because I've had, and, and, and if you're listening to this um, and you think, well, he's talking about me, I, I might be. Honestly, because I've had this conversation with so many people, but I'm not picking on you. I'm really not. I, I just, I, I, wanna, I want these, these gatherings to be helpful, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not just interested in coming up here and just preaching a bunch of stuff. I actually want the Word of God to be helpful for us. Like, like I'm thinking about my own journey. I wasn't raised in church. Went to church maybe a dozen times before I was 21. And, and, and it was mostly for like Easter or Christmas or, or something like that, vacation Bible school. I remember one time my parents, my mom, sent us to vacation Bible school. And I was probably at the end of elementary age. And everybody's, they bring out the clay. You do clay, did you do clay modeling in old school vacation Bible school? Uh, uh, and, and everybody's making, you know, crosses and little lambs and stuff. Well, I made an ashtray for my dad. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. It had the little marks where he could put his ashtray on it, you know. And, and I can just, can you imagine? You're teaching vacation Bible school and here's a kid making an ashtray. Okay, well, that's different. Never seen that before. I just, it just, I didn't know, you know. I just, that's just how, that's just where we were. But, but, which, which then that, you know, my upbringing, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, make my parents look bad. It's just where they were. Uh, and so I ventured into drugs and all that stuff and, and met Jesus through a crazy demonic experience. And, but journeying out of that experience, once I realized, oh, God actually is real, Jesus actually is real, and I began to be aware of him and his presence in my life, but I didn't know anything about anything. All I knew was demons are real because I can hear them. There's this presence of light, and, and I knew that it was Jesus. I just knew when you face these kinds of things, there's just some things aren't confusing. It's just like just clear. But I didn't know anything about him. And so I tried to read the Bible. I started in Genesis and got to where Abraham was giving his wife away and was like, this doesn't make sense because I thought the Bible was like a book to tell you what to do. <laughs> and, and so many people still feel that way about church. Like you go to church to be told what to do. I, anyway, let me keep going. <laughs> uh, but, I, but somehow I made my way to the Psalms. And I would read those psalms, and I began to recognize this is Jesus experiencing what I'm experiencing, this torment, this mental torment, and this torture, and this, and this fear, fear, and this thinking that I'm going to hell, and, and this whole thing that I was in at the time. But I would read these psalms, and I would recognize, now, wait a minute. These psalms are saying exactly what I'm feeling and thinking. And then there would be hope in those psalms. And then I would recognize, I, I think this might be what Jesus was experiencing on the cross. And it just was a revelation by the Holy Spirit to me to teach me and show me what Jesus went through for me. And I'm telling you, when I would read the Psalms, it changed me. It saved me, if you know what I'm saying. It, it saved my mind from being tormented and tortured by the demonic voices that I was hearing regularly all day for months. I would get in those psalms and I would see what he, what he went through for me. And I didn't know anything about anything. All I knew was he knows what I'm going through. 
And the fact that he's voicing it is doing something to me. And so it, it, it bonded me to Jesus in such a way because in some way I knew that he knew what I was going through. And then I began to realize he went through this for me so that I can be free from this. And it was as simple as that. Didn't know anything about anything. Couldn't remember any sermon at all. But looking into that word, it changed my life. And it saved my life. And it saved my mind. Still didn't go to church. It just wasn't on our grid. But getting in that word did something to me. So when we talk about all of his promises are yes and amen, you can stand on a promise until you see it in your life no matter how much the time. The criticism is, well, you're telling people that, that prosperity is promised or it's a guarantee, or healing. Are you saying that God guarantees healing? And it's like, gosh, I'm really not just trying to present the idea that God is about making your life better. Because what we really want to experience from God is what He would want for us. I just so happen to believe He wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing. Now, I'm not trying to say it's not where we ask you to write a giant check because it's just not how it works. It's a matter of the heart, but your money is tied to your heart. Are you with me? So when it comes time to you needing to make a change in your life, some of you are stuck in the past. Some of you have so much guilt and shame. Some of you run these patterns of thought, maybe because you don't know better or you don't know that God wants things better for you. Or, or it's just how your mama did it, how your grandmama did it, and how you do it. I'm telling you, I've seen worry, people stuck in cycles of worry over and over and over. But you don't have to be stuck there. So let me just read a couple of passages about, there, there is so much instruction in Scripture about how to think and what to think about. Let me just show you the power of what imagination inner visualization, seeing something in your mind, having something in your heart, framing it up in your mind, what it does. This is Genesis 5 or 6, 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. The imagine, you know, everything that fallen man did in the beginning started in his imagination. Then let's jump to Romans 12, 2. And this is, you know, so much of what we talk about here is anchored in this passage. This is the New King James Version. I'm going to read it in a few different versions. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me read it in another version because the, what's confusing to us is this prove God's will part. We, we think that we're subjected to God's will as if, if I renew my mind properly, then what God wants to do to me will happen. But it's not really even that. Watch this. Romans 12, 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is perfect, acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect. You ever been taught that there's three different wills of God. You can be in the will of God. You can be in the good one. You can be in the acceptable one, but what you really want is to be in the perfect one. You ever been taught that? You know, if, you, if you're in the good will of God, yeah. 
But if you're in the perfect will of God, boy, are you holy. It, that's, the text doesn't support that. There are three things describing one thing. The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. And then this is the new living. I love the way it says it here. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Say, change the way you think. Let God change you into, new into a new person by changing the way that you think. This right here is what I'm trying to get to. All my stumbling around a little bit this morning, this is what I'm getting to. Changing the way you think, which is what? Repentance, Repentance right? Repentance is a lifestyle. We, we, we've kind of been taught that repentance is an event. I'm sorry, God. Okay, now you forgive me. Wait, did I really mean that? Am I really forgiven? Maybe I should get saved again. Okay, I've repented. I'm saved again. Oh, dang, I blew it again. Uh, I repent. I'm really sorry, God. I'm just a warm. You know, like repentance is a, like an apology to God. And it's not. The word repentance is metanoia. It's a changing of the way that you think. And you, you must renew your mind and think differently to be transformed. Do you want your life different? Do you want to be different in some ways? Or do you want to just stay in the same patterns that you're in? you got to change the way that you think. It's where it starts. So we're going to talk about, and I'm really going to wrap it up here because I'm almost done, but the way that we change the way that we think is we have to fill our mind with a different set of data. And that data that we must input into our thinking is the Word of God. But it can't just be information and knowledge. It must be experiential also. And you have to fight. There's a little bit left because Beastie Boys ran in my head for a minute there. <laughs> just telling on myself. Got to fight for your right to be righteous. Become a new person by changing the way that you think. But let me tell you, that's the hardest thing to do. Change the way that you think. If you want your life to be different, you have to change the way that you think. You got to change the way you think about yourself. You have to change the way you think about God. You have to change the way that you think about the state of the nation. You have to change the way that you think about your spouse. You have to change the way you think about your worrying your illness, the way that you eat, just even the way that you look at the world around you, this is what repentance is. Repentance is a lifestyle. Now, I happen to believe, and let me, let me just put this up here. I happen to believe that if you put the Word of God in your mind and ruminate on it, meditate on it, mutter on it, allow yourself to have, be moved by it, have an emotional connection to the Word of God, because it's alive, it'll do things. It will change you. It will transform you. Do you believe that? It's not just words on a page. You know, a, a large section of the body of Christ wants a revival. 
We need a revival. We need God to sweep through the land. We need God to show up and do something because when God shows up and do something, then everybody will see and then everybody will follow him. I don't think so. That's not the way it works. What we need is a transformation in the body of Christ in individuals and then people look at us and say, well, look, I know you and this is who you are now. What's going on? Well, let me tell you. I have this thing called the Word of God. I have this relationship with the living Christ. And He spoke things that were written down and we can put them in our minds and in our heart just like seeds. And they will grow and you will change. But will you take the responsibility to put it in there and hold it in there in spite of your natural processes. See, because most of us, what we'll do is we acknowledge the Word of God is true. We acknowledge these promises. We acknowledge, but then because we have a God's in control mindset and it doesn't just change because we read the Word or we thought about it or we asked God to change it, nothing changed. We'll see, therefore, nothing changed. I prayed. I've been praying for 27 years. No, you've been worrying for 27 years. You've been doubting for 27 years. You have been rehearsing the pain of the past for 27 years. You have been questioning God for 27 years, not holding the Word of God in your heart and mind to the point that it becomes believable, to the point that it actually produces a fruit in your change in your life. You know... Um, you guys remember The Secret? I don't know if any of you guys watched that video, you know, this idea of the law of attraction. Um, and and I, think, I think there is some type of quantum physic, physic element to humankind affecting surroundings. But Christians will do this. Christians will think, okay, I see this in the Word. I know God is there, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to read it in the Word, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to write it in my prayer journal, and then I'm going to sit. And some of us that know how to meditate, some of us that do spend time with the Lord, oftentimes we do this. We, we pray, and we sit, and we meditate, and then we think that that's going to change the situation. Or we think, because I spent time with God, and because I'm asking Him to do something, then He'll change it. I just, we get emails all the time, but I'm just thinking of one specific email. And if this person's watching, I'm not trying to devalue you. I'm just thinking of the mindset. And this is what's hard about the kind of emails that we get because the email said, please agree with me that God would restore my marriage. You know what I responded back? Is your wife with another person now? Because, you know, I've learned that lesson. People will ask for things, but it's like there's a whole different world going on that this person's wanting God to show up into the middle of and change and make something happen just for them. But we pray that way. We think that, we think that God is a magic spell that if we sit back and we ask him to do something, and because he's in control, therefore, if, if I've done everything the right way, he'll then come into my life and he'll change that situation for me. God is alive and active. God is moving. 
But what I think, what I'm praying for and what, I, what I've seen in my own personal life and what I've seen be more effective in the individual lives that I've ministered to directly that will engage this and actually walk this process out. The prayer really should be, God, change me. And not just, God, change me. God, please take away. You know, I, there, there was, there's a girl that I know that was a stripper. And because she liked it and enjoyed it, and her theology was, uh, God is in control and he's made you this way. Her rationale was, well, because this is what I desire. This is what I want to do. God must, made me, God, God must have made me this way. Therefore, I'm just going to embrace it. Now, that's, a, that's an extreme example. But a lot of us think, well, you know, I'm just at this low level of, of income. This, I'm just single. God really just mo must want me in, these, in this area because these are the circumstances of my life. And if he's in control, he's making these things happen. And it's like, no, God has given us power and authority over this planet. And the, and the manual to operate in this planet to experience life at its fullest is in His Word and it's activated by His Spirit. Some of you love to play the victim in your mind. And you, you have been victimized. You have been unjustly treated, which makes it even harder to get over because you have an excuse to continue to think that way. What they did to you is still defining who you are and how you think. But are you going to fight? Are you going to take the Word of God? Are you going to hold it? First off, do you even know what the Bible says about your specific situation? You know, and we've walked through this exercise a bunch of times, and I throw out this resource. There's a website out there called openbible.info. Click on the topical version or topical button. Put in the area of life that you need to see change, thoughts, relationship, finances, whatever. Uh, type it in there and just see what the Word of God says about it. And then read through that list until one of them stands out to you and then hold on to it. Most of us, so like, let me, let me get a little, even a little bit more specific. Uh, those of you that still have guilt because you've mishandled a situation in the past. Anybody like that? You still have guilt because you've mishandled a situation? And so therefore you keep judging yourself and you keep feeling that. And I'm, I'm, I'm making up these words. I'm not saying this is what you feel, but something related. You define it. You keep feeling that regret. You keep feeling that shame. You keep feeling that uh, to the point where it wears you down to the point where you feel like it's not going to be any different. I'm just going to live in this for the rest of my life. And, and so you pray because you know that you should because you're a Christian and you're supposed to pray. But yet there's not really any expectation for that to change because after all, you already believe about what yourself continues to happen in your life. Are you, are you with me? What I'm talking about is being transformed by renewing your mind. Would you put up the New Living version of that, Romans 12 too? I just like the way it says it. You have to change the way you think. And it doesn't just mean I'm going to read the Scripture and I'm going to think about the Bible. No. This disconnect between Scripture and where we actually live our lives has to break down. You know, that's what I love about what Christy brought last week was 
She put some scripture out there. And, and even, Lisa, what you were saying this morning, you know, you, you said, well, you know, I know Christ lives in me and I know da, da, da. But then you had this moment where that became a reality to you and you owned that identity. It's really cool that there, were, there was an imagination or some visualization or even a, an encounter in spirit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us get hung up on, well, did that really happen? Is there really rainbows around him? Did he really come into it? It's like, you know what? If it validates the Word of God, just appreciate the visualization that comes with it, right? And even use it. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this. As you seek to break free from these destructive patterns, as you seek to actually change the way that you think, be willing to put the Word of God in there and actually hold it in there to the point that it changes how you feel. So I brought up the, I brought up the um, law of attraction thing because what a lot of Christians will do is this. They'll, they'll see it in the Word. God, I see that you said this. So now I'm going to pray and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to pray and I'm going to write it down and I'm looking in my life. I don't see it. Well, okay. And the, the, the judgment is God didn't do anything about it. And there, let me just tell you, there's steps in between there. Because just reading the Word, just meditating on the Word, just thinking about the Word, just believing the Word is not a guarantee that that Word is going to come to pass. What meditation and heart persuasion does is it makes the promises believable. And then all things become possible to those who believe. Here's how I see the mechanism of it working, right? If we want to take the responsibility to let God change us, rather than just want Him to puppeteer our lives, because so many Christians are disappointed because of that, that view, that mindset, there's steps in between holding it in, in your heart and your mind and stepping into it. I see it like this. Yes, persuade your heart. Yes, meditate. Yes, write it down. Yes, wake up first thing in the morning. Don't get on your phone. Did you, did you know that when you first wake up in the morning, you are typically coming out of the type of sleep where your mind has begun to sort through the issues that you're experiencing in life and your mind, is at, your mind and your heart are actually at a place electrophysically, if that's a word, and, and your mind is, your brain is even at a place because of what you're, you just processed while you're sleeping to then do life in a different way and have different solutions and step into. But, if, but when, when we wake up and we grab that phone, typically what we do is we're reinforcing everything from the night before or the weeks or the days or the years before. We're not giving our mind and our heart time to process and, and, and actually work out those things that it worked out while you're... God's pretty smart. He designed you to process your issues at night. And so if you wake up in the morning, if you give yourself, you know, 10, 15, 30 minutes, an hour, I don't mean you just go sit and, you know, meditate. I'm just saying, don't instantly plug into the world. Let that... You know, let your awareness turn to Him and, and let some things settle in your mind and in your heart. Face the things that are hard. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm running long, but this is important because I'm, I'm going to explain a particular process and then we'll be done. Sound good? Yes. If you're going to experience transformation, you have to change the way that you think. And if you're going to change the way that you think, which is repentance, you have to face the difficult issues. And you have to tell yourself the truth. 
and you can't face those difficult issues the same way that you faced them yesterday. You have to think about them differently. And the way that you think about them differently is you find out what God says about that area of life and you make the commitment to believe what God says about that particular area of your life. And you fight your mind, you fight your feelings, and you fight your emotions that try to go back into that old way of thinking and you pull them into alignment with what God says, what He promises, what Christ accomplished in His death, burial, and resurrection, and even a word that might have been spoken to you. That's where the battle is. You have to pull your mind into alignment. No, I realize I did this and I hate that I did that and I'm tired of feeling guilty about that. So Father, you know my heart in that area, but this is what the Word says. I am going to hold this in. I'm going to change the way that I see myself. I'm going to believe what you say and what Je I'm going to believe Jesus that you actually did change me, that I actually am forgiven and that I can move on from this until you start to feel differently inwardly than you did yesterday about yourself. That'll affect your health. It'll affect your food choices. It'll affect the way you let people speak to you. It'll affect what you watch. And ultimately, it'll affect what you think about, which then produces everything else in your life. Wow. See, the, what, what has to happen in between you putting the Word in and you taking the time to meditate and stand and believe and pray, what has to happen is you hold it to the point that you begin to be changed inwardly so that you follow God differently. And what I mean by that is you must take responsibility to hold the Word of God in your heart until it changes what you want, until it changes your desires. Because the in-between phase of resting in the Word, allowing it to be create an emotional impact inwardly, and peeking out there to see if God showed up overnight and brought Easter eggs to your house. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about? God, Well, I just won't keep doing life the same way. I mean, that's what most people's prayer life is. They toss up a prayer, and because nothing happens in here, nothing changes out here. Now, God is active. He's alive. He's all-powerful. He can do whatever He wants to do. But, but in general, you have in your life what is believable to you. So what will happen is as you hold it inwardly and His Word begins to be believable to you, then how you see everything changes. You begin to be shaped inwardly into the person that will obey Him and follow Him differently than you did before. If you let that word change you inwardly, then when he comes and he taps on your heart and he says, I want you to go this way, now because the end is believable to you because you've seen it in the word, you've framed it up in your mind, and you're willing to make a different choice and you're willing to pull those thoughts in and into a different alignment, you're then willing to step and make a different choice about life. Then you're willing to do the heart. You're willing to obey. You're willing to forgive. You're willing to... You don't see where he's saying, look, I want you to come this way. If the old mindset is, let me pray, God, you didn't do anything. But if the mindset is, no, you know what? I'm going to forget everything I know about trying to tell you how to fix my life, Lord. And I'm actually going to hold your word in my heart. And I'm going to search your word. And I'm going to stand on the words that, are, that mean something to me. 
and, and create expectation and hope within me. And then as I'm doing life, as your word arises in me, as your word arises in that situation, and I'm challenged to obey your word in that moment, because I've seen a different reality inwardly, now here's the opportunity that I may have ignored before. Now I can step into this thing because I've done the work inwardly to become obedient from the heart. Are you with me? That's the difference between the inner work and then looking for the manifestation outwardly is you holding it in your heart to the point that you begin to change inwardly so that you obey God differently. Because that's, that's what will produce different results in your life is the actions that you follow Him into, the decisions that you make. Most of us just pray. I mean, I'll tell you what most people do. They learn enough to believe that all His promises are yes and amen. It's like, well, God, you know what? You said this, bless God. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait till you make my life better. <laughs> Feed me, you know. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm trying to challenge you to get over yourself. I'm trying to challenge you to grow up. And I'm talking to me too. I'm trying to challenge us to not just sit back and think, well, if this isn't happening, then he's not doing it. Well, you know what? He's already done it. Quit waiting for revival. Quit waiting for him to give you a sugary treat to make you feel good so that all of a sudden you become, you believe again. Am I, am I being too hard on you? I mean, honestly, we're waiting for him to change us. And he's like, I put my spirit in you. I, 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 I live in you and I desire to live through you. But the way that you think is causing me to stay right on the inside of you. And we can have a great time. We can enjoy each other's presence. We can enjoy life. We can be laid back, chill. Or we can actually submit to him and become obedient and actually step into the things that he's trying to do in our lives. See, this is why you, it's, it's important that you know that you're complete in him, that... that uh, you're already righteous in Him. You're acceptable to Him. He's not holding your sin against you, right? It's not about obedience to qualify, obedience to earn, or obedience to make Him move. It's obedience so that you change, so that you change the way that you think. You have to change the way that you think. So let me, let me end with a question here. I'll pose this suggested question to you. When you're facing life tomorrow, and you run into those same situations, ask yourself, how does God think about this? Who am I in this situation? And what needs to change about how I see this inwardly? Are you with me? Like, like how, how, how can I change inwardly to see this differently so that His leading and what I see in His Word becomes possible to me? Taking the responsibility to change inwardly, to follow him differently. Did you have a question? Uh, kind of compulsively did that. You say, you, you say think. I mean, do we have agency? What about you? Is you well, that, that's what I'm talking about when I say the word obedient. The thinking is the first part, but then the acting is where you see the manifestation. It's a good question. The do, you know, don't be just hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Yeah. Whether it's and, believing or whether it's physically 
see that you have that that's right your life it's not just a script that somebody else wrote for you is that kind of that's the entire point i'm making okay. is that we skip the doing but the doing is repetitive 95 percent of what we do is already like like man i'm going into a whole new thing now Nine, so let me think of how to say this. And th this, is, this is not a spiritual thing. This is a neurological, this is a brain chemistry thing. 99% of the things that you do are repetitive. In other words, you do them because your life is shaped in such a way that you just do the same things over and over again. And you think the same way about those situations over and over again. You're, you're, we're, most of our lives are default mode because everything around us is set. And in this country, it's really easy to stay in that mode. But we must, so actions follow thoughts and thoughts follow, or actions follow feelings and feelings follow thoughts. So the process is, it's not just sitting and thinking to the point that I feel hopeful, it's actually stepping out. It's actually choosing a different thing. It's actually doing. It's actually taking responsibility to follow God in a different way than I did before. What I'm saying is most Christians just sit, feel and think the same things, and then wait for God out here to change their lives. And because nothing changes, because they're not stepping in to affect their lives differently, we judge God and we stay stuck where we are. You've got to change the way that you think. You want, to, you want to see a different life change the way that you think. God's not silent. He's not hiding from you. He's not withholding from you. If you're not hearing, change the way you think. Repent. Most of us think, have been taught that repentance is going to God and apologizing for your sin. Of course, confess your sin. Get clean, clean out your conscience. I mean, I'm telling you, the power of a clear conscience is incredible. Clear it all out before the Lord. Confess everything you possibly can, but from the perspective of knowing that you're taking out the garbage so that you can be inspired by Him and changed inwardly to actually obey Him and step into and make different choices. Are you with me? Yes. I think we finally got there. It's just this thing I had on my heart to challenge. We've got to change the way we think. Repentance is actually a lifestyle. It's not an event. And, and, and you got to take the responsibility to put the word in there because it's the only thing that's really going to change how you think about everything. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand up together. Just put your attention on the Lord. Father, we thank you. We love you and we trust you. We take the personal responsibility to believe your word and to obey you. We, we only want to follow you. We only want the things in our lives that you want for us. We do happen to believe that you have good plans for us. You are seeking to bless us so that we can be a blessing. But it's beyond that, just so that we can represent you in this earth. Father, I'm willing to repent. I'm willing to not just read your word and not just pray, but actually let it change me inwardly and shape me, my desires. You know, just get a picture of yourself where you typically read the Bible. Now repent for feeling guilty for not reading the Bible. <laughs> but honestly, get a picture of yourself just sitting there reading the Bible. And I want you to watch yourself reading it 
and you actually changing inwardly, whatever that might look like, you know, actually see yourself sitting there with the Holy Spirit, sitting there aware of Christ, and He's changing you. He's shaping you. He's instructing you. He's pointing to your future, and He's saying, come this way, go that way, make this decision. He's actually right there with you. You're reading that word together, and you're reading it with the intention to act. You're reading it with the intention to be obedient to His Word and to His instruction, knowing that it is life, it is grace, it is power inside of you to accomplish His will, to prove out His will through you. Father, thank You. We are committed to Your Word. We will get in Your Word, and we will live from it. And we'll be empowered by it in your name. Amen and amen.